0: Organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks.
1: (laughs) The Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. You know, what seems like when Queen was, well, I was going to say casting about for a new singer, they cast that net wide. There were a lot of options apparently. Jeff Scott Soto uh, worked as one of the singers in the Queen Extravaganza, which was a tribute band sanctioned by Brian May and Roger Taylor. And he now says that he was considered as the permanent lead singer.
0: Yeah, and he he's very vague about the whole thing. He doesn't want to step on any toes right. so he's being very democratic about the whole process and he says quote i can't go into the specifics and i don't want to go into anything that throws caution to the wind basically i can't really elaborate <laughs> that's how he starts his quote so he, that's not he, a hook he leads you into saying i'm going to tell you basically nothing yeah and then he does he says quote there were discussions let's just put it this way there was a short little window of time before adam that there was a discussion and it didn't get past that so i'll just leave it at that i value my friendship and everything that i have with those guys so i'm not going to say anything to pat myself on the back just for people to go, hey, you should have. It's not necessary. But to answer your question, and to be honest and truthful about it, yes, there were inklings at one point, and it just didn't turn into anything. Inklings? He's saying inklings. Now, we don't know if this was a formal offer, uh, and a, a money resolution couldn't come up, because Jeff Scott Soto has been a part of a big band before, filling the role of someone he loved. In in the past, he has said, Steve Perry and Freddie Mercury were part of his rock and roll DNA. Mm-hmm. And he fronted Journey very briefly, 2006 and 2007. He was singing for Journey, doing the shows, and that kind of part of Journey's history has been erased. Right. Even though he was told by the members of the band he was a full-time member of the group, but if you go to their website, he is upset that he's not mentioned anywhere.
1: I have a theory. Maybe it's because he's terrible at self-promotion.
0: But he's not terrible at singing. And in the case of a lead singer, that's really what you want, is is... a guy who can sing songs.
1: You know what? I would disagree, because what I was going to say in response to this story is, we know that Queen had Paul Rogers. Yes. Of Free and Bad Company, and of course, Paul Rogers fame. One of the best rock singers ever. But I was uh, down the YouTube wormhole the other night, and I came across a Paul Rogers Free Spirit, I think was the concert. And it was a full concert, high def, it was official. And uh, I couldn't help but notice, as remarkable as the guy's voice is, just really stands there and sings. And you can't have that kind of front man in front of Queen. So I'm thinking from Queen's standpoint, like I said, great voices on some of these people. They were just kind of going out there, but without a proper front man until Adam Lambert.
0: I don't know how Jeff Scott Soto is what he's like on the stage because I never, I've never seen those Journey songs performed with him uh, other than some cheaply shot. Yeah. uh, Versions. So I don't know what kind of onstage presence he would have filling in for Freddie. And I haven't seen the Queen Extravaganza tours where he performs along with uh, some other people filling the role of Freddie Mercury, depending on whose turn it is, what mm-hmm. songs they're doing, where they are in the schedule, that type of thing. So there's a chance that he, you know, could be doing a bang on impression or he could maybe, like you said, just stand there and sing. I'm not sure. So to me, Soto, even though he's a great singer, like Paul Rogers, like Adam Lambert, not the fit I want for Queen, but uh, they seem to be happy with Adam and, and the fans have embraced Adam as a good solution to the problem.
1: You know who we should turn to for the details on that? Jeff's got Soto. He's got them, but he won't reveal them. <laughs> no. This is not the first time this has happened on this second story here because we have heard stories before of people auctioning off their royalties. This one kind of goes into more detail, and I find this absolutely fascinating. The producers' royalties... From two bands, Slipknot and Simple Plan, from two of their albums, have gone up for auction.
0: Yeah, and they're not uh, necessarily all of their albums either. The auction includes specifically one album from each artist. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's Slipknot's All Hope is Gone, which was released in 2008, and another 2008 album, Simple Plan's self-titled album. It's being sold by Warner Music. Uh, They are the ones auctioning it off, and it is a percent of the royalties. To show you what these royalties can make in a year, the bidding on this is starting at $750,000.
1: Yeah, I wasn't able to find the percentage that they're selling. Were you able to find that no, because I ha- they were saying that the annual income from these two albums, the royalties last year was $100,000, but I don't know whether that's the full royalty from those two albums or whether that was what the percentage was worth last year was just over 105,000 US.
0: Yeah, it's predicted that you will uh, be making money on this once the initial investment is paid off in about a decade. Uh, that's what they're you know predicting based on how these albums have streamed recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously. If these albums are re-released in 2028 for a 20th anniversary version of these albums, yeah, be a good year for you. Make some money on that. Um, But contract is for 25 years. This isn't an in perpetuity thing. So Mm -hmm. you'll have your first payment September 30th, 2020, and then you'll continue on with bi- yearly payments. So twice a year, you'll get a check, like you said. Uh, the last year uh, it generated uh, a little over $100,000. So if you have the money, which I don't, uh, mm-hmm. it could be a smart investment. You just pay and then you sit there and do nothing because the music's going to do what the music's going to do. You just hope uh, somewhere in the back of your mind that nothing horrible happens where the songs are banned everywhere and they won't get played or added to streaming services and collect cash. So this is a perfect rich guy way of making money by doing nothing. <laughs> making more money. As, as we know, the rich get rich.
1: Yeah. Because the auction blurb says the winning bidder will collect royalties generated from any sales, streaming, sync fees for either album. I don't know what that is. As well as the individual singles contained on both, sales and streaming, in particular, pay a greater share of revenue to sound recording royalties over composition royalties. So this is an opportunity not to be missed. All of which is to say that to become an entertainment lawyer could be a lucrative thing. Because I don't understand a lot of that language.
0: Sync fees are, if a song is placed in a movie or television show or commercial, I believe. So I sat through a very interesting presentation about how that thing is priced out in terms of your song appearing on a television show or in a commercial or Mm -hmm. in a movie and the different levels that are set for the song's appearance. It not only has to do with the song's length, but whether or not it's in the background and conversation is going on over top of it. If a character is singing the song as it appears, if the band is on stage playing the song in the background, if a camera shot for a certain amount of time is used on the band playing the song. It's all different levels of how much they're paid for their song being used. It's fascinating stuff.
1: Those contracts must be like phone books.
0: Oh, and the bands aren't reading them either. No. That's, like you said, the entertainment lawyer. Very key.
1: Okay, a couple quick hits here. Uh, Music-wise, the Doobies performed a home-based version of their hit from 1974, Black Water and uh sounded damn good and we've seen them recently here live what probably five years ago now six years ago but their harmonies are just bang on they sound so good
0: yeah i saw them last summer uh opening for steely dan in minneapolis and just as good as the the first time i saw them probably 15 years before that so still a must-see act and it sucks that they don't get a go on the 50th anniversary tour they had planned this year with michael mcdonald in tow this is the best that we get for now and it's great Ready for floating Oh, Mississippi, she's calling my name Catfish are jumping and that paddle wheel pumping. Black water keep
1: rolling, on the past the same Oh, water keep on rolling, Mississippi oh, Won't you keep on chanting on me? Oh, water keep on rolling, Mississippi Well, if I'm not going to share this embarrassing story right here and right now, in this context, I probably never will publicly. We get a chance to meet a lot of these artists. Now, there was a show back in the late 70s called What's Happening? Just a terrible sitcom. And I guess the Doobies, they did one of these uh, appearances on the show. As a guest appearance, they were playing the high school of these kids. And at one point, the kids go in. I guess they're part of the committee to put on the show. And in the show, uh, they go in to meet the Doobies. And Rerun walks up to Pat Simmons and says, which Doobie you be? There you go. That's a good pun. Right? Okay, so... I get a chance to meet the doobies when they are no, playing didn't. here at Club Region. No, you didn't. And I thought, you know what? This is an obscure sitcom. One of the only TV appearances I've ever seen the doobies do in this way. Perhaps they will appreciate that reference. So I thought it's gonna go one of either two ways. It's gonna be the worst or they will appreciate the reference. I thought, you know what, I'm never gonna get another chance. I'm going in. Comes to my chance to meet the band and take the picture. I walk up to them and I go, Which which doobie you be? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's that's the correct response. It was uh, it fell flat. And uh, one of the other guys in the band said, uh, yeah, haven't heard that one before.
0: You played the game and you lost.
1: I did lose. I rolled the dice. Now, in my defense, I knew going in that it was going to go horribly wrong or it was going to be appreciated. It wasn't like I went in blind thinking, oh, this will be the greatest thing.
0: You'd run a risk of that. Of Have they heard this before? You get something in your head that's like, hey, this will be fun if I do this. Yeah. Have they heard it before? I was watching that uh, posted on our website, the, that Goonies reunion that happened last week. Sure, yeah. And uh, the girl who played Andy in the movie, she was on the reunion, and uh, one of the people asked her, they were taking turns asking each other questions, yeah. and one of the people asked her, how often does someone come up to you and yell in your face, Andy, you Goonie? <laughs> right. And she said, that has never happened in my entire life. And everyone was blown away. That wow, okay. She, no one had ever done that to her. Now it's, now it's going to happen. Now it's a thing. But, yeah, if you would have done that to her, she would have been like, oh, my sure. God, that's hilarious. I love you.
1: Again, that would have been the win. And I would have never walked up to Robin Williams when he was alive, and he was here making movies a couple of times, and gone, Robin, nice to meet you, Nanu Nanu. I never in a million years would have said that, but I thought, Maybe obscure enough. Maybe it doesn't come up very often. I was self-aware enough to know that it could go horribly wrong, and I was rewarded with the horribly
0: wrong. It's it's (laughs) no different than you taking that long walk across the dance floor when you're a kid and asking that girl to take your arm and head out there with you. Yeah. You know, rejection is just sometimes going to be part of the equation.
1: Yep, yep. I had to do it. Had to do it. You would have too. Don't even lie to me. Okay, finally here. Scorpions have unveiled their new song, Sign of Hope. Uh, They said that we're working on lots of hard and heavy rockers on our new album these days. I find it interesting that in the story, hard and heavy rockers all capitalized. Maybe that's what the album's going to be called.
0: They've got that patented, actually. That's their phrase. Maybe,
1: Yeah. But we want to give you a little sign of hope, they said, that came straight from the heart in troubled times. Stay healthy and safe, and we love you, Scorpions. Give me hope,
0: just a little bit of hope, a little comfort for my soul. And it's gonna be alright Give me hope, just a little bit of hope I know you're gonna take me home And love will shine a light In troubled times we need a friend We keep on waiting for better times With all my fears tonight, give me hope, just a little bit of hope. I'm going to declare right now,
1: anytime I hear a noticeable accent in a song that's sung in English, I'm charmed as hell.
0: I think Klaus Mine has the perfect amount of accent in his yep. voice when he sings. Some artists lose it all together, and mm-hmm. then they talk, and you're like, wow, I had no idea you were from Tibet or wherever they may be from. <laughs> Close mine. Oh, Hold on. It, it is. Tibet? Well, it's a country, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Unless you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, carry um, so on. It's, yeah, you know, I just love the accent. I'm with you. And that's just, it's a simple song. It's like under three minutes long, but I don't know. That just vibes me the right way. It's yep. just soft and soothing, and I want close Mine to read me a bedtime story. Now, it's not a hard and heavy rocker. Well, that's why they set it up, saying we've got some hard and heavy for you, but soft, the softer side. And they've had some success over the years with the softer side. Of course, we talked about Wind of Change yesterday, two Mm -hmm. Scorpion stories in one week here on the Classic Rock Files. Send Me an Angel, another great slow Scorpion song. So Mm -hmm. this one I don't think will be a massive worldwide hit like those two, but nice in these times we're currently going through.
1: That is the Classic Rock Files, 94.3 The Drive music director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.